Boy, oh boy, the week after the big game really is a dull space to be, isn't it? We had the basketball all-star game. I'm not going to talk about that. So if you came here for that, I'm not going to talk about it. It was pretty fun. The weekend overall was pretty dull, to be honest. Carl Anthony Towns won the three-point contest. That was cool. If you went back and looked at the people that were winning the the um, three-point contest all those years ago, do you think Wilt Chamberlain, looking at that, is like, man, I should have done that. You know, I, I wish I grew up now. I could be draining threes all day. And um, now you got Cat winning the three-point contest. That is a, a weird flip in the script, seeing the big guys like that win the three-point contest. Um, the dunk contest, boring. Not that great. I honestly couldn't tell you who won. Doesn't really matter. Not that great. Uh, the All-Star game was pretty fun. It's fun to watch. I'm glad they changed up the uh, the format a couple years ago because it's made it a lot more fun to watch. Um, LeBron hit the game winner in um, in the final in the final scoring section, I guess. The goal is to hit, what, 165 or something like that? And he hit the, the game winner. It's like a game of 21. So he hit 165 with a classic LeBron fadeaway jumper. And that's that. That's the All-Star Weekend. I'm not going to go into the rest of it. Um, Steph Curry won All-Star Game MVP. He went on, he went insane. I think he drained 17 three-pointers or something ridiculous like that. So that was insane. Um, but that's it. Don't want to talk about the All-Star Game. Not that interesting. Um, hard to watch at times. Not not in a bad way. It's just, you know, it's an All-Star Game. You know, it's like it, it's better than the Pro Bowl, obviously, but it's still an All-Star Game. So it's hard to keep your attention for that long for something that's not that competitive when it comes to comes to basketball games. So they hit their all-star break. So they're off. Um, baseball is still on a lockout. We should be celebrating the arrival of pitchers and catchers and finally getting some spring training clips and stuff like that to get us started and get us a little pumped for spring training games into the, into, into the regular season. But no, we're not. Uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, we're going to get into that. I'm going to break that down. I don't want to spoil the whole podcast. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little later on. Um, and then, uh, and then, uh, we're going to talk about champions league, some, some soccer for you guys. I don't think I've talked about soccer on the podcast before. We're going to get a little football action in and, uh, that'll be a little bit later on the show. But, uh, first, first, we're going to start off with some local sports action. I haven't come back to the local scene in a while. So I'm thinking about bringing it back a little bit more just to kind of make it a little, um, a little more, uh, located, I guess is what I could say. So that, um, you know. Uh, the 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 hometown of Sheridan gets a little more love in a podcast that kind of goes everywhere. So we're going to start with the local segment. The Sheridan Bronc and Lady Bronc basketball teams were both in action for two games this past weekend going through the Gillette teams. It started on Friday at home with both the Bronx and Lady Bronx taking on Campbell County. Both the Bronx and Lady Bronx got the victories in those matchups. The Lady Bronx winning 52 to 35 and the Bronx winning 69 to 52. On Saturday, both teams traveled down to Gillette to take on Thunder Basin, and both girls and boys fell in that one in uh, in those matchups with the ladies losing 55-51 and the boys falling 63-40. The one-in-one weekend for the Lady Bronx puts them at 10-9 on the season and 3-6 and in the 4A East, while the one-in-one weekend for the Bronx puts them at 15-4 on the season and are 5-4 in the 4A East. Both the Bronx and Lady Bronx are, going back, are back in action on Friday, February 25th. For their final home games and senior night, they'll take on Kelly Walsh with the first tip coming in uh, coming in the girls' game scheduled for 5.30 p.m. And the boys will follow, and we will have all the action in both of those games for you live on 1410 AM and 106.9 FM KWIO starting with the girls' game at 5.30 p.m. And Trevor Jackson will be on the call 
for those games. The two-way basketball teams were also in action this past week. The Bighorn teams had two games, first taking on Moorcroft at home last Monday in a makeup game. The Lady Rams fell in that matchup 57-40, but the Rams won their game 63-41. Then they both had a couple of days off before playing on Friday on the road at Wright. The Lady Rams fell in that one as well, 51-36, and the Rams won again 63-53. The Rams 2-0 week secured the two seed for the upcoming regional tournament. The tournament gets going on Thursday, and the Rams will take on Glenrock with a tip with a tip time scheduled for 7 p.m. in that one. And the Lady Rams will enter the regional as the four seed in the southeast due to there being five teams in the northeast and just three in the southeast. So the last place finisher in the northeast gets the four seed in the southeast. The Lady Rams will get their regional tournament underway on Thursday as well against Moorcroft with first tip scheduled for 5.30 p.m. in that one the tongue river eagles and lady eagles basketball teams only had one game this week with both teams on the road taking on moorcroft on saturday lady eagles fell in their matchup 64 to 52 while the eagles won their game 72 to 56 both the eagles and lady eagles will now look ahead at the 2a east regional tournament this week as well the lady eagles will take on two-seeded glenrock as the as the uh, three seed in the tournament to start on uh, on thursday with tip schedule for 5 30 p.m the Eagles earned themselves the number one seed heading into regionals. They will take on Moorcroft again to open the tournament with tips scheduled for around 8.30 p.m. Another Sheridan area action this past weekend of the Sheridan Bronx swimming and diving team placed fourth at their state meet held in Gillette over the weekend. The Bronx scored 173 as a team finishing eight points behind Cheyenne South, who finished third. Laramie would, would complete the five-peat, winning the state title for the fifth year in a row with a score of 295, followed by Cheyenne Central, who finished with a 239. Sheridan's 200-yard medley relay team finished third. Isaac Otto finished third in the 200-yard freestyle and was runner-up in the 100-yard freestyle, missing first place by just 0.01 seconds to John Spicer of Rock Springs. Otto would earn all state honors thanks to his runner-up finish in that. In wrestling, the Bronx and Tongue River, in the Bronx and Tongue River Eagles we're at uh, their regional tournament this past weekend. The Bronx had a 12.5-point lead going into the start of the first and third-place matches, but Thunder Basin come, came back and uh, came back and swiped the championship away by 2.5 points from the Bronx. Ten Bronx made it to the regional championship match in their respective weight classes. 5-1, Colton Powers won at 120 pounds. Rudy Osborne won at th- uh, 132. Kelton Brown won at 138. Dane Steele won at 152. And Taryn Grooms won at 160. The Bronx wrestlers now look ahead to their state tournament, which is which is this Friday and Saturday at the Ford Wyoming uh, Ford Wyoming Center in Casper. The Tongue River Eagles placed fifth out of ten teams in their regional tournament. AJ Moline won uh, won the championship at 160 pounds and was the lone Eagle to make it to a championship round uh, for the regional tournament. The Eagles the Eagle wrestlers will now uh, will also be at the state tournament this Friday and Saturday in Casper as well. The Sheridan, Bighorn, and Tongue River indoor track teams were all in Natrona competing in the Natrona, co- uh, the Natrona Co-Indoor Invite this past weekend. The Bronx saw a couple of medal finishes. Carter McComb came in first place in the 55-meter dash and was runner-up in the 200-meter dash. Uh, Reese, uh, excuse me if I'm saying your name wrong, Reese Carest, I believe is his name, was a runner-up in the 800-meter run. Austin Akers finished in third place in the 1600-meter run. Uh, the uh, Sheridan boys finished in first place in the 4x400-meter relay, second in the spring med- uh, spring medley relay, and third in the 4x800-meter relay. Brendan Mortensen finished in third in the boys' high jump, and Ryan Karajanis and Caden Moeller finished in first and second, respectively, in boys' pole vault. 
Texas Tanner placed second in boys' shot put, while Josh Thompson from Bighorn finished in third in that, in the, uh, in the shot put. The Sheridan girls placed in first in the spring medley relay and second in the 4x400-meter relay. Presley Moser came in first in the girls' high jump. And finally, Hannah Sullivan finished in third place in the girls' shot put. The next events for the squads uh, for the squads will be this Friday. They'll be competing in the Sheridan Invitational in Gillette. After that, it's the state tournament to prepare for for the indoor track teams. Finally, wrapping up the local scene from this past weekend, the Sheridan Hawks had two games on the road, one on Friday and one on Saturday. They dropped the first one 9-2. McCaffrey Billings gave his, uh, or, excuse me, got his eighth goal of the season in the first period with an assist from Taylor Fredericks, excuse me, Fredericks and uh, Parker Norling, while Mason Friedrichs closed out the scoring for the Hawks, getting his eighth goal of the season as well in the third period with assists from McCaffrey Billings and Parker Norling. The Hawks then dropped a close one on Saturday, 5-4. to four. Parker Norling captured a brace in his, and his uh, 13th and 14th goals of the season, one in the second period and one in the third. Mason Fredericks got his, excuse me, Friedrichs got his ninth goal of the season in the third period, and Nathan Aoyemi got his third goal of the season with a goal in the third period as well in the loss. The Hawks will look to close out a disappointing season on a high note this weekend. They'll be at home on Friday and Saturday taking on the Butte Cobras with the Puck Scouters to drop at 7.30 p.m. in both of those games. That is our local segment wrapped up. We covered the Bronx, the Eagles, the Lady Eagles, the Rams, the uh, Lady Rams, some Hawks. So uh, that'll be our local segment. I think we're going to keep that from here on out. Um, let me know if you want to keep it. If you don't want to keep it, that's up to you guys. I kind of like having something a little more local to keep us keep us more towards Sheridan, but I do want to keep talking about the national stuff, obviously, especially as soon as we start getting into um, the summer. Um, Baseball, my favorite sport to follow, so we'll definitely keep paying attention to the uh, to the summer sports as well. Um, we will now take a look at the Wyoming Cowgirls and Cowboy basketball teams and review their previous week. The Wyoming Cowgirls only had one game this past week. They were on the road taking on rival Colorado State in their first meeting of the season. The Cowgirl offense struggled mightily against the Rams, and it cost them falling 56-45, to snapping Wyoming's four-game win streak. Uh, the Cowgirls shot just 24.1% from the floor in the first half and went just five of uh, five of 17 from three point or from the three point line. Uh, the Cowgirls would finish with a 27.4 shooting percentage in the loss. Tommy Olson finished the game as the leading scorer for the Cowgirls with just nine points. Alba Sanchez Ramos and uh, Allison Fertigue were close behind with eight points apiece. Fertigue finished with 13 rebounds as well. The Cowgirls the Cowgirls have three games left on their regular season schedule with two coming this week. First, they will be back at home on Thursday, taking on UNLV with first tip scheduled for 6.30 p.m. And then they will be back at home on Saturday, taking on San Diego State. Tip is scheduled for 2 p.m. in that one. And you can listen to those games and all the remaining Cowgirl games on Smart Talk 106.3 FM. The Cowboy basketball team fell out of the AP Top 25 this week, one week after crashing into the poll. Big reason for being excluded this week was their loss against New Mexico 75-66 to Last Tuesday, easily their worst loss of the season. Uh, the Pokes were held relatively quiet from the field, shooting just 41% while recording 15 turnovers. The Pokes were, held, were led by Graham Ike, who had 26 points in the contest. However, he scored 24 of those in the second half alone. Jeremiah Oden pitched in another 14 points while going a perfect 5-for-5 five five from the field. Hunter Maldonado struggled mightily, adding just 8 points on 2 of 12 shooting from the floor. And the Lobos are red hot from the floor, shooting 55% overall and 47% from behind the arc. The Pokes did shoot 52% in the second half, but struggled big time in the first half, and it was too much to overcome. 
in this matchup. That's probably the biggest complaint I have about this um, about this poke team, this poke basketball team. Um, they have a very strong big two. The duo, the both Hunter Maldonado and um, and Graham Ike, I believe the duo are the leading duo, the leading scoring duo duo in the country as of when when this is recorded Tuesday. So Tuesday the twenty second. So they lean very, very heavily on those two guys. And if one of those guys doesn't show up or just has a bad game, you know, um, if one of them just has a bad game, it's, it's a problem for the Cowboys. They have trouble kind of picking up the slack with the guys around, uh, with the rest of the guys around them. So they need Hunter Maldonado and Graham EK to kind of show out and have big games in order for the Cowboys to kind of run away with a victory, or at least lead for a majority of the games. And with their slow pace, they need to be able to lead for long stretches of um, of game time so that that's probably the biggest thing about that poke team is they need those guys to to uh, to show up night in night out if they take one night off it could be a loss in the tournament and we just saw it you know new mexico that team's not making the tournament and um just took one guy and new mexico was able to come out with the victory and they shot well and that's all it takes welcome to college basketball that's uh that's that's the road. That's the road they lead. Welcome to college basketball. Any team can beat literally anybody, and that's what makes it fun. Um, moving on, the Pokes had a chance to bounce back on Saturday, and they did, beating Air Force at home, seventy-five to sixty-seven. Hunter Maldonado was able to bounce back from his sloppy performance against New Mexico with a solid performance against the Falcons, dropping twenty-nine points on nine of six, or excuse me, nine of seventeen shooting while dishing out eight assists. Graham Ek had basically a perfect game in this one, going eleven of eleven from the field while dropping 27 points and grabbing 12 rebounds. It was the only time a player in the country has gone 11 for 11 from the floor, with the previous best being 10 for 10. Uh, Wyoming was much more consistent from the floor in this one as well, shooting 51% overall and 54% in the second half, while holding the Falcons to 44% from the field. And uh, the Pokes also held a 32-28 to rebounding advantage and scored 42 points in the paint in the victory. And that also makes them... Um, I believe it's 12-0 and 0 at home this season. They, they've won 12 straight at the Dome of Doom. The Cowboys will play three of the remaining five games this week. First, they will hit the road on Wednesday for another big matchup against Colorado State. First tip is scheduled for 7 p.m. in that one. Then they will come back home on Saturday for a matchup with Nevada with first tip scheduled for 6 p.m. in that one. And finally, they will be back at home on Monday for a matchup against San Diego State with first tip scheduled for 7 p.m. in that one. And you can listen to those games and all the remaining Cowboy basketball games on 1410 AM and 106.9 FM KWYO. Okay, we have a couple national sports stories to get to. Not a lot, like I said. Not a whole lot. All-Star game, don't really want to talk about it. Post, big game. We should be looking forward to baseball, but we're not, and we're going to get into that right now. Um, First and most depressing, spring training was officially delayed for the MLB due to the lockout still in progress. Oh, man. It looked about as bad as ever uh, back on February 17th. I believe that was last Tuesday, if I remember right, when the MLB and Players Union met in New York to make progress on labor negotiations. But the meeting lasted a grand total of, drumroll please, 15 minutes. They met for 15 minutes. We're not going to have baseball. The first week of games got pushed back to no earlier than March 5th at spring training games. Uh, got pushed back to no earlier than March 5th earlier this week, as well as in order um, and in order for the regular season to start on time, um, which would be March 31st. That's the first weekend 
the first day of baseball of opening day is March 31st. The league has set a deadline of February 28th for an agreement to be reached on a new CBA. So by February 28th, if we don't have a new CBA in place, that would be what five days from the day of this recording, Tuesday, the 22nd, uh, six days, excuse me. Um, there's not a new CBA in place by February 28th, then opening day will more than likely be pushed back. Um, there is good news. Good news is that the two sides have um, have a week's worth of meetings planned this week, um, the week of this episode, and they met on Monday for roughly five hours. Thank God, 15, 15 minutes to five hours. That's, a quite, that's quite a big jump and a, a jump that we like to see with the league making some small concessions. And even though the tone of the meetings has approved, according to ESPN's Buster only, um, we are still more than likely a ways out from the two sides coming together and agreeing on a new deal. They don't have any major agreements together they haven't agreed on any of the major problems that both sides have so you know just keep an eye on it i guess <sighs> that's you know what that side kind of says it all that's what we're going to leave it at baseball you know whatever it'll come but it comes please please hurry um finally the only other big sporting event going on right now the round of 16 for the champions league in european soccer began last tuesday if you don't know what the champions league is it's pretty simple, and I know, hey, don't click off, okay? I get it. It's soccer, but let me at least introduce it, okay? It's the Champions League. It's basically um, that big tournament that they, I can't say the name of it. It's like the big football game that we just have. Oh, I can't say the name of it. This tournament that I'm referencing is kind of the same way. It's like this soccer, the Champions League is in soccer. It's kind of like that tournament that we have every March for college basketball. It's a little bit smaller, and they don't have... Um, they don't have like a you know round of sixty two. They they do some round robin play to start, and then the top two teams and that in the in the groups move on. So it's arguably the biggest uh, the biggest annual tournament in the world of sports, with each top team from all the the top European soccer leagues playing one another to crown the champion of Europe. They start with pool play in groups of four, with eight groups in total, so thirty two teams, and the two top teams in those groups move on to the knockout rounds starting with the round of 16 and so on and so forth until a champion is crowned. They also play the knockout games in two legs up until the final. The legs consist of games of one game in each team's home stadium. So for Liverpool against Inter Milan, they'll play one game at Liverpool and then one game at Inter Milan, but the scores carry over. So Liverpool won the first leg today, two to nothing, which means in the second leg, uh, or excuse me, they didn't play today. They played last Tuesday, um, which means in the second leg, Liverpool will play um, will have a 2 nothing lead in the aggregate. So Inter Milan will have to win the second game 3 to nothing, or by at least a three-goal difference in order to move on to the next round. So right now, there seems to be about three heavy favorites according to 538. Those are the percentage makers, and then the odds makers from Vegas have it a little bit differently. Um, first, for both sides, both the odds makers and the percentage makers at 538 have um, Manchester City. That's the favorite. They're the favorite to win the whole thing from the English Premier League, and they just dominated Sporting CP, and uh, Sporting CP is from Portugal, and um, Manchester City just dominated in their first leg matchup, winning 5 to nothing. Liverpool is the second, also uh, the, sa- the second favorite, according to 538. They are the third favorite, according to the Vegas odds makers, um, and uh, they're also from the Premier League, and they beat Inter in the first leg last Wednesday, uh, 2 to nothing. Third favorite. Uh, according to 538, is uh, Bayern Munich. And the second favorite, according to Vegas, is Bayern Munich. 
from the Bundesliga in Germany, who just drew in their first leg last Wednesday with RB Salzburg from Austria, 1-1. There are still two games to be played in this first leg of the round of 16, both on Wednesday with uh, Benfica from Portugal taking on Ajax from the Netherlands, and then uh, Atletico Madrid from La Liga in Spain takes on Manchester United from the English Premier League. Now, if you want to root for Americans, then you're in luck because more U.S. men's national teams players made it to the Champions League with their clubs um, than ever before. Most got eliminated in the group stage, but the, we still have a few remaining. Goalkeeper Zach Steffen plays for the uh, the favorite Manchester City. He might not see much playing time, if any, because he's stuck behind one of the greatest goalkeeper, one of the best goalkeepers in the world right now in Ederson. Um, but you never know. Ederson could get hurt or something like that, and uh, Zach Steffen will probably be expected to step up and play in his place. Brendan Aronson is a forward-slash-midfielder for... Um, the men's national team, and he plays for RB Salzburg. He started in their first game against Bayern Munich and got an assist in uh, that lone goal for Salzburg in that matchup. Uh, Weston McKinney plays a midfield role for the national team as well as Italian team Juventus. He played in their draw against Villarreal on uh, on uh, Tuesday, but got subbed out due to an injury in the eighty first mem- in the eighty first minute. He played in fifteen matches for them this season and has come on as a sub in five other matches. Tim Weah son of the legendary African football player George Weah, who is arguably the greatest player to come from Africa. He's also president of Libya. Um, His son, Tim Weah, plays up front for the U.S. men's national team, as well as Losk Lille in France. He played a few matches in the group stage, but didn't get in in against Chelsea in the first leg of their uh, round of 16 matchup. Um, But finally, speaking of Chelsea, easily the most famous American football player, excuse me, soccer player. I know you're going to get a little testy about that. Uh, American soccer player plays on that team from the English Premier League, Chelsea. Um, Captain America, Christian Pulisic. He plays up front for both the men's national team and Chelsea scored a goal on Tuesday against Los Lille to extend Chelsea's lead to 2 to nothing. He also accounted for an assist against Zenit in the group stages as well. So that's a quick breakdown of the Champions League going on right now in English, or excuse me, European European soccer, and that'll be running from now until May. So you want to clock in, check a little bit, and there's a lot. Of, there's a huge gap in between games too because they play it right in the middle of their club um, like regular season as well. So the English Premier League is still going on, and then they kind of like take two weeks off to play in the Champions League, and then they play another two weeks in their um, in their actual like club league. And then they take another two weeks off to play in the Champions League. It's kind of interesting how they do the scheduling. They're very, very good at making the most of their time. And um, yeah, so the Champions League, that's the Champions League. It's fun. It's a ton of fun to watch. You'll see the best teams in European European soccer um, and the best teams arguably in the world playing against one another. So if you want to get into soccer, that is the place to start. And um, yeah, that's the show. I think that's going to wrap up the show. We don't have a lot to talk about. Next week, we're going to have more to talk about, I promise. Once the NFL, or excuse me, the um, NBA comes back into action, uh, we can start talking about that again. Thank God. Um, and yeah, we're going to start. Hopefully, the MLB has a deal made by then. So that's going to be the show. We're going to wrap it up. A short one this week. Thank you all for tuning in. You have been listening to the Weekend Sports Wrap podcast. I have been your host, James Timberlake. We will see you next week.